Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by a rapist, a murderer, a criminal buried at the end of the world. I'm not okay with any of the things you just used to describe me, but Alex Dandino. The only innocent man in prison, Alex Dandino. <laughs> Some Andy, some Andy Dufresne, you say? Yeah. Oh, old Andy Dufresne over here. Are you going to do my taxes next? No. Neither here nor there before Alex pleads his appeal again to me, Judge Griff. Uh, a little business, people. It's official. We're on Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. The best way to support the show. The best way to help us grow this show. And more importantly, the best way to make this show kick more ass for you specifically. Yes, you. I'm tickling your ear right now. You. Guys, you can uh, get access to our big Patreon library. Big, big, big bear, big bear. Uh, big Patreon library full of great episodes that our patrons specifically vote on and or request us to cover, right? So you get some authorship over what kind of movies we're talking about over on patreon.com slash Pod. We do fun stuff like feature-length commentaries. We got our Tales from the Crypt miniseries running right now. More miniseries to come. Uh, you can even have us program a double feature just for you. So, guys, it's a, it really means a lot to us that people are supporting the show. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts to those of you who support the show. Those of you who are thinking about it, we appreciate you even thinking about it. And when you join us, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our little hearts. We love you. Uh, the YouTube Film Alchemist, if you want to watch us, you want to watch us talk. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials that everyone else is on. Twitter made it. It looks like Twitter made it. I had an I influx of, uh, I had a bunch of friends that are like, that's it. Twitter's dead to me forever. Yep. Tweeting up a storm now. So I guess we're all back. We're, we're all, all back, back on, on Twitter, Twitter until it blows up. No more hive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hive, uh, it melted. The queen is dead. Hive's over. And uh, guys, something free and easy you can do to help the show. Very apt for this episode. Very apt for this Indeed. episode. Uh Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on every podcast app that you have, right? Just give us a little shout-out, right? Five stars why you like us. Helps us defeat the algorithmic jailers that are trying to keep our truths from the masses, right? We're just asking questions. We're just asking questions. Uh, also, if you have a movie-loving friend, directly message them. Text them. Send them a DM. Slide into their DMs with one of our episodes. They're like, holy shit, that's the most sensual-ass DM I've ever gotten. <laughs> Invite them to enjoy the show as much as you do. Or don't, but make them listen either way. That's what we're asking. All right. Now that that's over. Alien Cubed. Yes. Right? This is our third installment. Uh, David Fincher. Directorial. Walter Hill was one of the writers of this show. Directorial debut, bro. Directorial debut, David Fincher. First feature uh, film. That's incredible in its own right. First feature film, this is for, like, who is now one of our great modern directors. This is so. This is ninety two. At this point, Fincher is like the music video guy. It's like him and two other people it's doing like, some of that. Nin are like yeah. hardcore video uh, music video guys. Yeah, yeah. So the Walter Hill helped write the script. You definitely get the Walter Hill in this. Yeah. Kind of a mean group of tough guys kind of script. Mm -hmm. This movie rests in an interesting limbo for me, right? Because I know everyone hates Alien Resurrection. But Alien Resurrection was really on point with what it wanted to be, which was kind of this fun, goofy comic book ride through an Alien movie, right? Yeah, agreed. How well that achieved it, whatever. whatever. You, can, you can make your own choices, right? The first two are essentially masterpieces, both of tone and story. They knew exactly what they wanted to be. What I think Alien Cubed struggles with I don't think it had any fucking idea who it was making this movie for. Because it makes at least one of the worst questionable decisions in the franchises, right? There is so much fucking nihilism in this movie. Yes. Which I'm a fan of, but this is like even to the extreme for how I usually watch movies. Especially little, little a popcorn flick like Alien Cubed uh -huh. at this point. I guess they wanted to go anti-Cameron, right? So I get it on that note. They have this problem where they have this great cast, but essentially no good characters outside of Dylan. 
they decided to make this two fucking hours long. So there's this weird limbo of, man, there's a lot of stuff I like in this movie that kind of is being dragged down by questionable vision, I guess I would say. Maybe Baby Fincher just didn't all the way have what he needed to muscle the extra chefs out of the kitchen. I don't know where this happened. So- and what... And also, let's just get this out out of the way so we don't have to, like, diverge in the middle of the pod. Seeing the CG alien in this... Pretty rough. ...is a fucking sacrilege of the highest order. It's not We are coming off two of the greatest creature effect movies of all time. When we first start to see the xenomorph in this one, the suit looks great. Whatever else they were doing in this fucking movie... There is a scene where a guy holds a blowtorch up to the ceiling and there is a clip art xenomorph and it hurts my soul. Every single time I watch this movie, I feel psychically scarred by how fucking shitty that CG alien is. Not just because it's shitty CG, but because it's a shitty xenomorph. Yeah. Which was the pinnacle of creature work in my mind. It is brutality. So take that out of the conversation. Right. Still a lot to love in this this fucking motley crew of a film. So Alex, opening thoughts on Alien Cubed. Alien Cubed is one of those great like Hollywood stories. Uh, you know, I, it's one of those awesome. You know, is Cubed three or four? Or am I a dumbass? Cubed. I think Cubed is three. Cubed is three. Did I say four? Ex- yeah. No, I did. Oh. I said three. I was waiting sure I wasn't a total idiot. Yeah. So Alien Alien Three is one of those really fun like holy shit how did this movie get made there's way too many cooks in the kitchen stories that happens in hollywood um there's five versions of this script before they went into production they went into production without a completed script fincher literally was just making shit up on the day and it feels like it there's like a really It, it feels like it you know i think for like fincher was brought in to replace um forget who i forget who the director was but fincher was brought in to replace someone and kind of like was rewriting uh he hired uh rex pickett to help rewrite um walter hill and uh walter hill well walter hill and david geiler's script so like Mm -hmm. the whole time they're like trying to figure out what this movie is while making the movie it's and you know what's weird uh, so Richard Edlin is the guy who does the visual effects. Who's the guy who's won Oscars for Star Wars? Um, you get the sense that he was like, they were like, "Can you just finish it?" And like, I don't know, twenty He's just minutes trying to keep his union insurance. Yeah, like there's like a lot. There is a lot of like, there's a lot of work done in this movie that does feel like somebody needed to just get keep their insurance. So yeah, I just gotta work. <laughs> But, like, regardless, the story... But when you're on a ship with no script and everything... Yeah. Like, if you worked on a set, when there's chaos, the I'm no longer pulling towards the mountaintop <laughs> is infectious and across the board yeah. immediately. So, I think from the top down, Aliens Alien Cubed is a really rough sell. Because, for one, I think to me, yeah, like, nihilism is a great way to put it. Like nothing and i mean nothing feels victorious in this movie like at one like i'll tell you right now every time i get to the end of this movie i'm just like yeah like just let it just let the queen let the alien queen take 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 control of this place this place needs a little order we're good like it's okay like we are worth so i think what they went for right i like the basic concept of this a lot yeah. A maximum security prison planet, right? Where we've literally For put dudes. people. Yeah, like they're just at. Well, we don't know that it started as dudes, right? It's, this is a planet prison it's colony. A prison it could planet, have had hundreds of prisoners. Who knows? Prison planet very specifically for men with anti maximum behavior. security. Yeah. Men commit most of the maximum security kinds of crimes. Correct. Just these people left to the outside of the world, right? Right. It's this perfect. Because they're trying, again, to draw this parallel between who is the worst monster, us or them. Right. Cool. Great. Got it. And then at the end, they're trying to do that. Even these, like someone we like, Dylan. I'm a murderer. I'm a rapist. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. 
It's like, but he has found religion and has at least some kind of a samurai code, mm-hmm. right? So at the end of the movie, we're supposed to, even Morse, right? Who's just this unbearable piece of shit the whole, like unbearable yeah. to watch on film. And then at the end, he's kind of down for the cause, right? Because Ripley inspires them with this, no one gives a shit about us, right? Not the alien, not the humans. We are this weird in-between pirate ship. And so they find hope at the end of a hope. So I, I, I like the premise, right? And you have this great cast, right? You got Sigourney Weaver, Charles S. Dunton, Charles Dance, Peter Postlewaite. Is that how you say that? Yeah, Postlewaite. Postlewaite. Paul McGann, you have one of the doctors here as if he just teleported into the worst episode of Doctor Whoever, <laughs> right? <laughs> you got Lance Henderson back. So, like, immediately, you're like, there's a ton yeah, of character actors I really say. like. I really, really like. Yeah. And I was reading that for those of you who know I cannot do names. There's um there's pieces of this movie that are really actively interesting. I think that's like a really important thing about Alien Cubed is that the outset of the premise is interesting and like worth watching. Like the the, I, the base idea, right? The opening montage of the ship, there's a like they didn't check check the ship for eggs. Yeah. When a queen was hiding in there, feels hard to accept that Ripley and Bishop would blow it, but they're also fucked up. They haven't slept. Bishop's all fucking annihilated. Yeah. So, yeah, Newt fucking... The opening... This is just like a, a microcosm of why this film missed, I feel like. Oh, yeah. The opener Making is us absolutely. the audience, right? Last episode, we just asked, why is Newt? Mm-hmm. And we kind of settled on it gives Ripley and us an innocent to protect. That there are... There is a hope for a better future, right? That there's something to fight for. Right. And the start of this movie says, now look at that child dead. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Uh, the shots of Ripley with her eye just soaked in blood. Yeah. Having to autopsy Newt graphically. Yeah. I mean, this is just a choice where you're like, we. the first movie is an existential horror film, right? But it's adults. Yeah. There is something about making us watch the brutal autopsy of a child we were supposed to see as our hope and then pair that with a dog being annihilated. Yeah. It feels like it's actively telling audience members you are not to have fun in this movie. Because Alien, as dark as Alien is, it's horror fun. Yeah. It's this a, movie has no It's a very fun specific it. thing to it's a very specific thing to chestburster a dog and have a dead kid at the very top of yeah. the movie and also like, they ruined my conspiracy that the aliens evolved to eat humanoids in one shot yeah but and again you've heard us talk about this a lot i'm not one of those people that's like it has to be fun and funny like a marvel movie i'm not saying this movie needed jokes no i'm saying there not, needs to be a little bit of that kind of horror movie it's thing not about like. jokes like i think that's something yeah it's not about this is something like this is my like it's my, not levity. This is something my parents like. My, I've had this argument with my dad because my dad's like when I tell my dad whenever we do October particularly, he's like, "How do you watch the like last year when we watched all the Hellraisers?" My dad, who doesn't watch Hellraiser movies, was like, "How do you watch that stuff without it just like imprinting on your soul?" And I'm like, "Cause it's fun. Like I don't know. It's just kind of it's fun. I, I don't know how to describe it other than that." Yeah. And we I go think, wrestle monsters in the safety of the dark, yeah. right? And I like, think I don't know where the line is, right? Like, when I watch Von Trier, right? Like, I love House of Jack Bill. I love Ants. Like, Lars Von Trier is an aggressive, aggressively negative kind of a filmmaker, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, he makes these really grungy, gross movies that just turn a lot of people off, but I like them. Mm-hmm. And even I watch Alien 3, and I'm just like, this is off. Well, so I don't know where that line is, where it slips. I think that the line of, like, this is an enjoyable kind of... Like, if you've seen this movie on Shudder, Speak No Evil, there is no fun, levity. It is a dark, brutal fucking kind of a film, right? And yeah. the ending makes you want to shower. But I still loved the ride of it. Yeah. Right? And I don't know where that that line... I mean, that that's the art of filmmaking, right? Yeah. Where do you land on the right side of that? This movie just immediately feels off. Yeah. I think because we, I think because we lean so far into, and maybe it's because we're three movies in, we're now three movies in, and Ripley just like gets no breaks. 
Maybe that's part of it. Let me set you up for this. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I love where Ripley is at the start of this movie. Where that she is at she, the start? Because the last time, well, last time in Aliens, right? She ends by saying, I think we can sleep now, right? Like, we can sleep easy. We fought the monsters we won. I went back and faced my fear. Yeah. Her waking up, I don't love that she had to do all that with Newt. Again, I think that was, this is franchise filmmaking, right? Like, you got to have a yeah. little bit of honor to that. But that funeral scene, right? Where they're reading and then uh, fucking Dylan comes out and does his, they don't have to fear anymore, right? Yeah. Like, just his fucking, be- like, Charles S. Dutton Char- is what Charles, Charles like, Dutton. He's so fucking, fucking awesome good. But during that that funeral, right? I mean, Sigourney Weaver, feast. Yeah. Watching her react to this, why am I still here? Why do I still have to suffer? Yeah. The conspiratorial paranoia of there's a queen. Walk me through Ripley as the constant sufferer. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this movie. And again, this goes back to what we've been talking about. I don't know what it is about this movie, but I think I didn't want her at the top. Like she's in such pain at the beginning of this movie. Like and it's, so much. I mean, it's misery and it's not because they crash landed on a prison planet. Like yeah. her, like external injuries feel like nearly, you know, like sort of a side piece, like everything. Yeah, terrible. she's Ripley. She's badass. She'll rub some dirt on it and walk it off. Yeah, but she is she's, broken. She's like so miserable at the beginning of this movie of just and like it doesn't change, but she just like everything sucks. And I think that's probably where my I guess that's probably where I would start with the like why does this movie not work is because while we've come to know that Ripley kind of just sort of ingests misery and lives with it. This one feels so brutal because I think when you think about aliens and, you know, to be honest with you, we didn't watch these back to back. But when you think about where she was at in aliens, there was this like heroic, there was this like hopeful heroic to it, you know, and that I think is how the movie there was a ship or some way out of it. So for right. so they were working towards a we can win, and this one does not. <laughs> right, this one, this one basically, you land on. Okay, it's a prison planet where like Waylon Yutani essentially has completely forgotten about these people. The only thing they're worth, is like, like yeah, it used to be five thousand people there. How many now? Twenty five to just keep the whole fucking place rolling. Like, yikes! So we're just gonna do. It's it's a really depressing. It's a really depressing place to put Ripley, and like, it's not like she's never been depressed before, but for it to start that way and for her to like not have any relief, like no reprieve whatsoever until literally the end of the movie where she fucking emulates herself. It's hard. See, I, I enjoy the, there is a, this is the movie where we, we kind of finally stop long enough to process Ripley's trauma. Like that was just something James Cameron wanted to do in a surface way, right? With her like recurring nightmares but you kind of slid right back into like she's already Alpha Ripley. You know, she's she has nightmares, but now she's gonna go fucking kick the nightmares in the balls, right? Right. This is the time where she really fucking stops. And the point Hicks, dead. Newt, dead. Autopsied with her yeah. watching, right? Bishop. Even Bishop, the artificial human she had come to trust, gone. Everything she had. The essential explanation is to Bishop not being. All right, we couldn't turn it on, so you know. Yeah, I mean, he's just not very good at stuff anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We plugged it in, and we'll get to Bishop though. Yeah, Uh, but like, yeah, Hicks like exploded. Newt uh, is just because they still like. There's another thing in this. Like, we'll talk about like how the aliens attack. That's neither here nor there. But just watching Ripley, and I do think this is a great turn in the movie, where we watch Ripley from this, why the fuck do I still have to be afraid? Why the fuck do I still have to suffer and be, you know, face the dark? Then she shaves her head, she gets a shower. Yeah. And she walks out, and all, again, they really are hyper on the, like, men are not good to Ripley thing in this. Again, we take the subtext out, because subtext is for cowards. And we just make every man a physical threat to Ripley the whole fucking movie. Everything text. Everything text, yes. Yeah, correct. Yes. We just put it right there in giant fucking papyrus font. Right there. Um, She just walks into that cafeteria and she's like, I'm going to sit with these fucking 
bad men who've done bad things. Yeah. And she tells them, oh, I must make you pretty scared. So she is choosing to fight for something. There's yeah. a hint in her mind that there could be an alien or it's paranoia, but she's going to fucking be Ripley no matter where she is. And I think that part of the movie works really well for me. Yeah. There is a – you have to make me, the audience member, suffer with Ripley. Sure. And I, they fucking did that Yeah, in, in spades. In spades. I think that – yeah, I think what's hard for me about Alien Cubed is that overall, like, I keep coming back to this. And this was something I was, when I was watching it last night, I, was just, I just kept coming back to, Why? Why are we watching this? Yeah, like, who who did they think was gonna who love was this gonna movie enjoy this movie? Loved Alien and Aliens. There's like a really specific tone to it that's not. You know, actually, this is how I'd put it. Everybody loved this is this is, and I always forget this is really what this movie reminds me of because I've seen this enough where I've like I get it. Everybody like everybody really um, like the community really enjoyed Pitch Black. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, that's a cool fucking movie. And they followed it up with Chronicles of Riddick, which nobody liked. And it was one of those things where, like, I felt I always felt there's this kinship with Alien 3 because it is so off putting from the previous movie. Like, the vibe is so wrong. You're like, right. If this was a misguided sequel to Alien, it would make perfect sense. Right. Exactly. But there's like we have an James established- Cameron changed the Alien franchise at a genetic level. Yeah. He made it a universal ride. So to take it back to, and like this goes, and I'll tell you right now, like for me, the editing is very specific in this movie. Like it's not just, and cause it feels very one music video in a lot of ways, but like yeah. even the, op- like I would say even from the opening, like you are watching a movie that has like a very specific vibe for like the opening credits. Right. Like we watched, it's, it's a Nine Inch Nails video, <laughs> right? The, yeah, this is a Nine Inch Nails video, pretty much. Like it becomes, and I I like the visual style of the film. It's not a bad thing, part. but like I mean, even going back to like I would say even the way like the title card comes up, like we all know Alien comes up. Like title card for Alien is very specific. It's very haunting. That's like the whole point of the vibe, you know? Something Prometheus borrowed. So yeah. it's one of those things where. When it doesn't happen that way, I remember the first time watching it, and then this time I noted it to be particular. I'm like, "That's a pretty good sign that things are going to be a little different." Like in the way that I didn't want <laughs> from them the to title be. card, you're like, "I have problems." Well, I mean, it's Alien is a vibe. Alien is a very specific look, and there's some very, some very specific things. And you had two very distinct filmmakers put their stamp on it, and. For us and now, then again, Fincher is now on the level say, of those guys. Fincher well, is the maybe auteur. not all the way, but I mean, he's pretty yeah. much there. Like Fincher is a guy. I'm who, saying like, if Fincher had made this in the early 2000s, if Fincher had made this after Fight Club, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, like I mean, this would probably stand shoulder to shoulder with the others. Yeah, and like there's he is an amazing director. Yeah, and, but in his own right, so. It's interesting to watch. I think that's the most fascinating thing is because Fincher seems to make these really specific stories that like only he can make into blockbusters because, you know, this is the only major, this is the only major like commercial film he's done. The rest, like even Fight Club was a like Fight Club's a small, seven, even seven, like seven's an original Andrew Kevin Walker script. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fight Club is a Chuck Palahniuk book that, like, probably not yeah. everybody read, but because it's like straight up nihilism. Well, before Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk was not Chuck Palahniuk, right? Exactly. So, like, Fincher has made a career out of being this like one guy in the studio system who can make these stories, dark big movies, these dark big movies that are like. And not... you were gonna say who's gonna direct the nihilistic prison alien movie? <laughs> Fincher. I mean, yeah, first like, of mine. He just th- didn't have in two thousand three. She needs right yeah. in two thousand three. If they said we're going to make this like nihilistic prison planet, if girl with the dragon movie, tattoo was about the dragon that eats brains in this movie. Absolutely would have fucking like, killed. He would have fucking yeah. crushed it. Yeah. So it's interesting <laughs> to watch him at the outset of his career, like not have the agency he does now, because like now he's like this legendary also, to your point probably helps define the movies he does moving forward right and i mean like 
now he has this legendary reputation of like hundred takes and you know, he gets what he wants and those kinds of things. And this movie feels like, man, we got to get this shit done. Like there's a lot of stuff to it that you're like, we have got to finish this movie. And like, not like the thing that is the pedigree of Fincher is nowhere in this movie. Like it's just, it looks great. I mean, that's like probably the most Fincher stuff. Great. I love the outside, like People working in the storm shots. I love the prison set. The set of the movie is fucking yeah. awesome. There are things that are Fincher uses it to great effect, right? Like when Clemens gets grabbed mm-hmm. and Ripley scurry on the floor, and you just see boots fly up that ventilation shaft. It's fucking awesome, right? When they're like, somehow the xenomorph learns to blow out candles. <laughs> that sequence is fucking great, right? When he grabs the guy up on the thing, the xenomorph rips his body apart. Again, because they don't know what xenomorphs do. They never decide if it's a killer, if it's eating us. This one at least tries to address it, where it's like the little mouth inside the big mouth is to punch skulls open to eat brains. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice addition. But then when we see it attack a prisoner, it's just ripping his guts out everywhere. Maybe he'll get to the brains later, right? But yeah. Paul McGann's douche in blood. He looks up. The xenomorph is drenched in blood. A plus. A plus fucking aliens moment that I love. Right. So visually, I think he fucking crushes. I love the way he shot this movie. I love there even those just like actions like when Dutton's giving speeches, right? That low push in like almost Michael Bay shot. Yeah. To make him look like this man who will not be pressed down by reality. Right. Like there's a lot visually that I love in this movie. Mm -hmm. Right. I love Ripley's kind of wrestling with true grief. Right. That at the end, this movie's asking us, what is the value of just continuing to fight an unwinnable fight against nature, right? Both nature of us and nature nature and the xenomorphs. Right. There's something I want to bitch about. It might sound like we've been bitching about this movie the whole time. I would say you hurt the ones you love. Yeah. I actually do like this movie. I've actually watched this movie many times. I see the movie it could have been, right? Yeah. And I accept it for the movie it is. Except for one thing. Ripley fucking Clemens is my least favorite major franchise moment of all time, including all of the fucking prequels of Star Wars. This, I get it on a surface level that it's just, maybe she just wants any kind of warmth, human touch, anything to try to distract her from the funeral and what's been going on. It is done in such a stupid fucking way where they're talking and she just goes, do you like me like that? Yeah. And we saw the incredible chemistry she had with Hicks in the last movie, but she still kept it business. I think it's now all of a sudden she just settles on Tywin Lannister. I think it's a really. I. That's just one of those things. That is one of those moments that feels like straight up studio interference. Like somebody came on set, some producer walked on set, like, listen, her head shaved. What if Ripley had a boyfriend. Listen, her head shaved, and, you know, we got to remind people she's a woman. And it's like, no, you don't. Ugh. Like, I can hear in my head the conversation, yeah. and Fincher's like, Ripley transcends. Ripley is like, above all genders. You got to remind people she's a woman. <laughs> and I can hear Fincher in my head going, Do you really think that the audience needs to watch this woman fuck on camera to remind them? You could explain why Clemens got fucking got. Like, almost right after. <laughs> like, a couple minutes later, it, Clemens there, is getting got. Well, I mean, it very well could be because she's the queen. But it's one of those things where (laughs) you think the Xenomorphs just watch. He's like, what's he doing to the royalty? Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's trying to stab with that thing on his face. (laughs) We don't have a lot of laws in Xenomorph land, but that's wrong. That's wrong. I was thinking. His tiny mouth is biting her lower brain. (laughs) I was actually thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, does the alien think that that's like the ovipositor? And it's like, oh, my God, they're trying to get in where we were. That's not Q. Hey, that's my job. We have one job apiece in we this colony. One job apiece in this colony, and that's one of them. God damn it. That's what I, that's, but yeah, like, I. He I just sh- imagines the little queen inside there, like, trying to dodge <laughs> dick blows. Hey, hey, hey. If you ever have a kid, there is this hilarious video that I don't know that they show everywhere. But there's a video presentation that almost all of us watch that talks about 
when you inevitably want to fuck, but your wife's pregnant. And there is this image they had in that presentation. It's like the worst. C- it's like Alien 3 level CG. Right. Of a little baby that looks like it's going down a roller coaster, just kind of gently waving like one of those things in front of a used car dealership. And the doctor will pretty much be like, yeah, like, you know, as long as you're not fucking with the force of an automobile accident at like 35 miles an hour, it's fine. And I was like, what a weird series of images and words that you're using right, right. now. I hate all of this. <laughs> That's what the Xenomorph was wrestling with. I was that Xenomorph for a couple of days. <laughs> That's the one I, yeah. But, but do me, you think this choice has validity? Because this is a big thing that people were fucking furious about. Do you think the choice within the story now, like backing off of it, not having as much heat, do you think there's a validity to her just, I need physical touch, period? No, to be completely honest with you. Like, I, I don't. Because this has never been a Ripley thing. Like, if that was a thing, it would have been a part of her genus from the first movie. Like, this is... I always thought that her and Dallas had something going on. Oh, no. I always assumed Lambert fucked Dallas, and that was why. Yeah, there was, like, real human tensions going on. Yeah. But But, but, but even though Ripley was a woman who probably had a normal sex life like everyone else right so ripley but it doesn't make sense within the context and the vibe of this movie like i think i'm not i'm not arguing you i'm just saying right i'm sure the pro argument is she's completely broken in spirit right right this is the first time she's had downtime i I guess you can make the other than like the start of aliens sure you can make an argument for you can make an argument for why this works but to me it's one of those things where i'm like sure it doesn't no the way they do it absolutely does not i just wonder is this one of those things that was just so misguided from the start or could we have gotten there in a way that didn't aggravate the audience yeah, I mean, I would have just not had her fuck anybody. Like the whole, like the point of that scene makes no sense. Like that is like the one of those things where I'm like, I don't give a shit about what's happening. <laughs> that is the part where I'm like, I'm gonna get up and get some water. Like that is like my, like we had probably one of the weirdest days of our parenting lives yesterday. Compounding that with like work, I like came home and I'm like, I gotta watch Aliens three, and I was like, I'm getting high, and so. <laughs> And I'm like, I never, I never smoke. And Andrea and I were, Andrea was like, here you go. And cause she has like, she has uh, these like ready-made joints. I'm like, sweet. So I got really high and watched Alien this movie. Alien 3 is a good joint movie. That's another like check in its column. I will say if that. you yeah. bring the fun, it's a little better, right? Yeah. It's I like brought... ladies that bring their own Splenda to a place that has only unsweetened iced tea. <laughs> just, just. Bring it with you. Yeah, so like watching this movie stoned was uh, watching this movie stoned was a different experience than the other experiences I've had watching this movie. However, because yeah, like even with the joint, you still don't want to settle on Charles Band. Even with the joints, even yeah, even with the joint, I'm like, oh fucking Tywin Lannister, seriously. Even Paul McGann's a better choice, and maybe it is like a rewriting of him. He just always seems so untrustworthy, right? He's in Last Action Hero as a bad guy. Game of Thrones, bad guy. That's who he is in my brain. And then I'm like, Andy's the guy who fucking defiled Ripley in front of my eyes as a kid and made me very mad. I remember even as a child who had no idea about sexual relationships, right? The politics of what it takes between two people to decide to fuck. Right. Which oftentimes is much less than you think, right? It's not this epic thing that we think it is when we're young. Not wrong. I still remember being pretty young, right? Like young. I was... A child when this came out. So I saw it probably around my 10th birthday somewhere. Right. Give or take a little bit on either side. I remember being fucking furious that Ripley liked this guy. Like it felt everyone in my mind was beneath Ripley. Right. Like Ripley is like a god. It's not even that. It it really. I'm telling you, like to me, it just is one of those things where it is truly one of those moments in a movie where it's like. Got it. Someone walked on set and was like, let's have her fuck somebody. You know, there's no fucking in this movie. Where's the fucking? Then you pair it with why they definitely set us up to at least even imagine that Ripley's going to get gang raped. Yeah. So you're like, there's so many like 
There's just pairing like, that with her just fucking Charles Band. There's there's needless sexual energy in this movie. I think th- actually that's the best way. That's that's actually what it is. There's needless sexual tension in this movie, and not even sexual tension in the way that we all traditionally understand it. It's actual tension that not is Ripley sexual. Not Ripley and Hicks, yeah. yeah, but it's it's like a predator. And again, I think this it's is all super in service predatory. of the making us as monstrous as them. Right, these cartoonishly villainous well, men. Yes and no. Like, are going to assault Ripley. But I get it. But here's the thing about that: I don't need any further explanation that these guys are monstrous. They're in a penal colony on the outskirts of the fucking universe because people don't want to deal with them. Like, got it. These guys are garbage. Thank you. Right. What I'm saying is though, watching them physically grab her as she tries to run, bend her over a railing. Yeah. It's not enough that at the end she gets a punch in. Yeah. Why couldn't she grab a weapon and do the Michael Keaton in Batman? Come on. Come on. Do you want to dance with Ripley in the pale moonlight? That's what it sounds. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Go. Right? And then Dutton walks in and fucks him up. Why do we have to see her get slammed over the rail? It's, it's just this. That's like that. It just feels that's like that they miss by like. That I'm just like not into. Yeah, they miss by inches all over the place and it adds up to miles at the end. Yeah, I agree. And again, this is all. I think this is another thing, too, when we're doing reviews like this, because there are people who love Alien Cubed, right? And in, a, in the best way, there's this thing that we do as a movie community where when we're 10, 15, 20 years away from a movie and you take the initial reactions out, you can look at it for what it is, right? You can read about how much of a nightmare it was and the fact that it still became a watchable Alien movie is in itself kind of miraculous, right? I saw on Twitter the other day that people were like, we need to re-examine that the Fantastic Four movies were masterpieces. And I was like, here we go. Yeah. Everything becomes a masterpiece. Everything years happens, down the becomes road. a masterpiece if you like on give it a lot time. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything. There was a scene when like the girl was buffing the thing and Michael Chiklis is doing those afternoon delight eyes at her. Jesus Christ. The blind girl's buffing him and some guy's like, This is like a, a truly like one of the high moments of comic book and I was like all it takes is time and someone wanting to get some fucking likes on Twitter. Yeah. And you'll hear a case that everything's a mess. Yeah, absolutely. And this movie's way more deserving of that than fucking Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate all that. Right. So I'm looking back at this like just why was this choice made? Ripley is our I will transcend. We, we go from Ripley stepping to Vasquez's face. Yeah. Right. Like, I hope you're right. She's matching that badass energy from her walking up to the prisoners drawing the line yeah to then her being scared and cowering as men are bending her over yeah getting in charles s dutton's face a character we actually the one character we like and watching him fucking throw her around like a rag doll there are just these choices that while realistic right is it realistic that this gang of rapists and murderers would do this yeah is it realistic that dylan would throw her around and just keep calling her bitch and saying fuck you yeah does it help the film? No. I think doesn't. this is I think this is something this is interesting. This is thinking about this too. Is you said it best, which is that James Cameron changes the alien franchise on like a molecular level and turns it into like, yeah, like a beefed up action movie. I think what's interesting about Alien Cubed is that Fincher tries to bring it back to the first one which is like sort of more this meditation piece on humanity yeah. versus like what we're really, and I was like, you know, that's the part I'm on board. I'm on board for. If you sold me a log line of this, I would buy it up. Yeah. Returning to the roots of aliens. Alien three is about the meditation on, you know, the human condition versus like, you know, in the face of uh complete oblivion, you're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. That's, that's exactly what the first one's about. I'm on board. I think this is the part that I, this is the part that, kind of like fucks the whole thing up is every time we're about to maybe get into this like human condition and like what it is any of these emotional beats they try to like double down on the you know and understandably so the aliens-esque action they try to get in this action set piece something like that never plays out like that's i think that is the inches they're missing every single time is like the like the dog burster, awesome. Like, holy shit, awesome. that is some fucking rad, like, that is some rad creature work. That is cool as hell. Mm-hmm. CGI, not great. But then every time we start to get into an action scene, 
also not super interesting and not cool enough for me to go like, oh yeah, that was fucking cool. Like, it's just that's the inches they're missing is that it can't decide. It can't decide what like you know you have two parents, you have two parents that came before you, and it can't decide which one it wants to be, and it's trying it's to rebelling be both. against both in a weird way. And, yeah, it's rebelling it's against fuck both. Fuck you, mom, and fuck you. Dad. Here, here's a microcosm of the point I'm trying to make. During the scene when they have Ripley, you know, in tow, the guy puts his goggles on. Right. And I was like, that is a moment where you can see that the filmmakers don't know where to put the camera. That is a moment that's trying to have fun and make like an iconography out of the rapist doing that to this heroine who means so much to so many. Yeah. We just did the, the opening moments with her suffering work. Yeah. This is where it begins to fall apart. When she steps to that table of prisoners and she's Ripley again, I don't think you can do this kind of shit the rest of the movie where you're just yeah, I, doing that kind of shit. Yeah. But I, then they pair it with Bishop getting reawakened scene, which is fucking awesome. Like objectively, that scene fucking rules. Really good scene. Really good Bishop scene. Bishop waking movie. up in the dark, still having a sense of humor. Great. It's great. great. Like great scene in a movie that otherwise like forgets where it came from. It's a nice homage to Ash in part yeah. one. Like there are nice pieces. To, the, again, there are nice pieces the of practicals iconography. work. Yes. Yeah. Really nice pieces of iconography in that scene. And like that's a scene that like ties you back in a way that you want to be tied back. It's when we get any further out from that is where things start just like it's not that they're bad or like besides the CGI. It's not that they're bad. It's that they're not working. Like that I think I, I mean, I like Xenomorph Cam. That was kind of interesting the way sure. it rolls up onto the ceiling. That that's was fine. Fun. That's fucking cool. Like that's stuff that I'm all like I'm never not going to be into something like that. When you're trying to like change the camera perspective in one of these kinds of movies or again, established franchise, you're going to say, Oh, well let's put the camera in the head of a Xenomorph. Like, oh, cool. Great. Like the technique is there. Yeah. It's that it's not, it's not serving the purpose of the story. And to be honest with you, the purpose of the story is so like keeps getting like thrown to like it, yeah, it has the facade of everything you want in a great alien movie. It's just kind of missing key internal organs. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean. It's like an operation game, and like yeah. it's like an operation game, but like whoever played it is very good, and like everything yeah. came out. Like if you have if you birth a child and the doctor hands you this beautiful little cherub, and he goes, but it's got no lungs or heart. Yeah. You're like that seems like a problem. You're like super depressed. Like, that, that seems and like you an cry issue, yeah. and you're like I yeah. like I hate that like this is yeah, um, this know. is the cutest saddest thing of my life. No, uh that's exactly but, what Alien Cubed is. The cutest yeah, saddest and, thing in my life. And again, we go from <laughs> aliens where we have like a ton of characters we root for to these kind of generic men care like you could interchange any actor Deeply in any role not except iconic. for yeah, Dutton is the only one. Yeah. Dylan, you have to have in this movie. I think, if, again, if you just direct his energy a little better, right? That, like, this is, you know, he's a man who made mistakes, but now he's on the good yeah. path. Instead of still acting like he wants to hurt Ripley for being ripped. Again, it's just those little nudges. Those yeah. little fucking nudges. All right, let's talk about something we really liked. I like that they addressed that the Xenomorph, within the lifespan of three movies is already changing and evolving. Yeah. That's, that's a fucking great addition. I like that. Yeah, there's a... I like that it's getting... There's to, something different about this. I thing. like that we're getting to see something very different because we are, we already know what the game... Like, we already know what the game is. When the game gets changed, that's worth watching. That particular... And in a, in a great way, right? Yeah. That in the lifespan of how fast these aliens can propagate... They're already subtly evolving makes them more terrifying. So like on every planet, you could have an entirely new strain of Xenomorph with new and different abilities and powers. That's a fucking great addition. Agreed. Absolutely. That, I mean, granted, I can't tell you what the differences are as an audience, which felt like something we could have spent some time on. But like they get back to it. Like, I love the scene when she's like, I'm going to the basement. 
it's all a basement. It's a metaphor. I was like, I, I know what a metaphor. Again, <laughs> subtext is for cowards in this movie. Um, but the alien's like hiding from her, right? And they yeah. do the like, it's in the wiring and rafters and tubing yeah. again. Fucking love it. Yeah. Like, I really like the xenomorph when it's on set in this movie. It's done very well. Um, another thing I like, Ripley is infected with an alien queen. Yes. That somehow the queens know when they're in danger, can make another queen, right? They have to specifically choose to make one queen, mm -hmm. and the queen is in Ripley. That scene where they see it inside of her. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Amazing scene for an alien movie is seeing our Ripley now hosting the next wave of these fucking tears, right? Yeah. That is awesome. I love the fact that she's trying to confront the alien, and it won't fight her. She comes up, it won't kill me. The scene when it's like right by the that iconic scene of it right by her face drooling. And then it just drags Chester up the vents, whatever his name mm -hmm. is. Fucking Charlton. I don't remember. <laughs> Again, yeah. deeply Clemens, uniconic characters. Yeah. White yeah. guy number 14. Dix, yes, yeah, Dick Sling and Clemens gets dragged up the rafters. Um, but yeah, so I liked a lot of that. I thought that shit was pretty cool. I liked the last stand when they're like, this is a fucking ironworks, isn't it? And they're going to bury this thing in molten... Very Steel. cool. Like fucking love that. The the, him running around that scene again, while we don't care about anyone that it's fucking killing. Yeah, it's fun. That scene That's a good bit. is a really great bit in an otherwise. Uh -oh, I like, said there is fun in the movie without fun. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. So are, you know, so is the so is Fincher. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> we're not doctorates. We're just two guys talking over coffee. But I, I don't disagree. <laughs> like, but this is a really. It's a really. <laughs> That's a great sequence in this movie. Like, that's a great way to. That's an inventive way to get rid of the alien without. And I, I guess, um, I also read apparently we, Sigourney Weaver was very specific. She's like, I would really like the plot to not rely on guns. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's great. That, yeah, because aliens are full smart. of acid. Which right. James Cameron even forgot. Smart so, yeah. and an inventive way to get rid of an alien. Granted, oh, like, when they're just saying we don't have weapons, that's. Great writing. Great. That's a great piece. I'm like, great. That's great. That's going to make the movie interesting. That's wonderful. And then you get to this. You get to this. I mean, I'll say this. You watch the whole movie for really the last, like, five like five minutes of this, which gets really, like, gets kind of Christy at one point, but at the same time, it's still fun to watch. Um, Big time. Like, pretty Big hardcore time. Christy. Like, <laughs> Well, we do this final where, like, they're in the Ironworks. For some reason, this is another one of those just like head scratchers where Dylan's like, you got to climb out even though you're infected with the queen. Even though the alien will for sure follow you and can jump extraordinary heights and climb probably the walls of this thing. You have to go up the ladder and all stay down here and wrestle it. It's, you know, <laughs> wait, what? He's like, no, you kill the alien first. That was our deal. Wait, what? Why don't we both stay down here? If I'm down here, the alien has a reason to not climb out of the pit. Machinations what are you aside. Doing? Machinations, Machinations aside. aside. That's one of when those he dumps the When he dumps the fucking steel, it is a, yeah, it's a good moment. So. Or it's a rewarding moment. You get to this ending and. We totally forgot. What? Dylan's fucking speech. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. the question, do you want it on your knees or do you want to fucking take it on your feet? Dude. That's Again, one of those Charles Dutton. That is a fucking gym amongst the turds. Yeah. Charles like Dutton that, that is, is truly giving awesome. a great performance in a bad movie. Like it's watching really, him just fucking really turn good. them. Right? Where 85's like, but I got a wife and kid, the company likes it. And he's just like, We're all fucking dead. They don't give a fuck about it. And he's like, dude, it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Uh yeah, so that speech. Trying to see, I wrote down some of the lines. It's just, it's fucking great, dude. Yeah, he said, you die sitting on your ass or you die taking a shot. Right? And Ripley's like, the crew is expendable. We're crud. And he's like, we're going to drown it in hot lead. And it's like, what are we going to use for paint? That one guy's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> and then Charles S. Dutton's line, this is the one I love. I ain't much for begging. So I say, let's fucking fight it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that... It's this is truly one of the best performances in a not outstanding movie. Yeah, he's I would put that on like a top 10 of like this guy's doing more. Yeah, 
I think Charles Dutton is doing like the work for the movie to like get yeah. you get you somewhere emotionally. You're like, got it. Thank you very much for all the work. Yeah, had he not been fucking choke slamming Ripley around the cage like he was the Undertaker, probably would have been more invested. But yeah, but so we get through all this. We we you know we uh, dip dye the alien in hot lead and you know flash freeze it essentially. Yeah, and then suddenly again, Fincher forgets that they're full of fucking acid blood as it blows up yeah. everywhere. We pretty much and Ripley's unscathed. We pretty much ignore the fact. That, <laughs> I thought the same thing. The alien, like, we're just, the acid blood is pretty selective. Yeah, the alien blood is such a crucial and well used tool in the first movie. But then we just get real willy-nilly with the yeah. rest of the franchise. Pretty much moving forward, the acid blood is like, well, only when if it, they need it, they use yeah, it. Yeah, only if it drops on you know, yeah. things that we know. Can only melt. if we want it to escape, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how many times did it hit just stone? And everyone's like, oh, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so we we set up the showdown. the The company has come to get Ripley once her quarantine. Because, again, after losing their, their $4 million ship and their $8 million <laughs> terraforming platforms, you know, times they are a-changing economically, yeah. they still go, you know what we need? That xenomorph. Uh, because it's a scientific so, boon, we think. <laughs> I fucking, this is one of those, okay. So Lance Hendrickson shows up with this, with the company. She's like, Bishop? She's like, no i'm like oh cool like there's I love another that. Bishop. he's the head of the corporation and it ends up yeah i was just like wow what a fucking asshole who'd be so obsessed with designing an android he's like you know who this should look like me like do we really think that if elon made robots they wouldn't look like him with arnold's I'm body not saying it's completely justified <laughs> they, they wouldn't look like that vacation picture where he looked like an out-of-water jellyfish yeah yeah it'd be like jacked elon musk yeah it'd be like the ozempic it'd be hair. the ozempic elon musk for sure like <laughs> <laughs> and i know that's not funny because you're diabetic but like it is you know um no, like this movie, mock and exploit my traumas. Yeah. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But like, here. yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I guess if you're a trillionaire at the head of a corporation, you absolutely be like, make it look like me. So you got to be like, I did a couple things, right? <laughs> I did a couple things, right? I want to live forever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and again, like Lance Hendrickson, this is why Lance Hendrickson is such a key casting for Aliens too, because he has a sinister, like Lance Hendrickson just has a sinister bad guy vibe a lot of the time. He's the voice, so the face, yeah. He's so innocent in Aliens. And like, you know, that's another reason Ian Holm. Ian Holm is a great like, you know, casting because it, it's off-putting. They're great subversions of what their right. typecasting is. So yeah. when he shows up with the company in Alien 3, you're like, bad guy. <laughs> There's like no well, doubt in your mind. <laughs> again, not to always harp on the machinations, right? But we're both writers, so this is what we do a lot. It's just like, does that work? Yeah. They came all this way and brought live ammo and not a dart gun? Yeah. They should have shot her like Will Ferrell in old school and dragged her ass out. Yeah, that's it. Like It's just, it's just like these little... The, like Otani to be like, I'm going to... Or Waylon, whichever one he is. Waylon I'm is, going to well, he, convince he's her just that a for the good of mankind, because she can have a life. Like, I thought that line could have been really poignant. You can imagine a draft of the script where that line, Ripley, you can have a life. You can have a child inside of you instead of that monster. Yeah. You can imagine how that could have worked, right? This, like, pleading towards Ripley, do you just want to escape this fucking nightmare? Yeah. I get it. Like, totally. that makes sense. And it's just so, like, the fact that the guards just let her slowly walk back onto the moving platform... <laughs> And he's just sitting there like he's shaking the fence. He's like, no, no, it's a gift to science. And it's like, dude, move. Yeah. Do something. Find a ladder. Find a stair. I was like, what is this? Is like this you yeah. What are they these shot locks, Morse in the leg. These shoot locks made the of leg. dwarven mithril. Just like break them <laughs> off. Like shoot them off. It's fine. Like, like there's. Yeah, there was a. <laughs> Guys, it's just a fence. It's a chain link fence. It'll be fine if you dude, blow I've that Dude, I've been lock. jumping those fucking things since I was a boy. I was going to say, like, I have. Like you and I at Wipeout, they used to like lock the whole place up with chain link fences. How many times did you like hop that? I've hopped that thing at least. I hopped that thing at least three times. 
Like, yeah, it's not hard, and we're overweight. It's yeah, fine. I am a it's, gross person, and I can do that. Like, <laughs> not for long, bitch. No, just kidding. Uh, it's still bad. You're handsome. It's still though. bad. Nah, no, it's still gross. I'm still staying fat. That's my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just embraced the fat I was born. I embraced the fat. Yeah. I never changed from my baby body, and I'm just huge. <laughs> no, it's it's hard because I thought this conversation would be me defending Alien Three more than I am. I think I probably like it more than most audience members. Sure, because there's so much that I dig in it, right? And I can forgive a lot. Like on a big structural level, the movie just doesn't work. Yeah. The ending is just the the final festering wound of like bad decision making, right? The ending is like so, we'll just end this thing. <laughs> Ripley falling out in the Jesus pose. Yeah. The shot of her falling at the start I was like what a choice, right? Cool. She's just yeah. going to be over it. It kind of Ripley not having hope. Ripley not fighting. Her grabbing the Xeno Queen and hugging it just kind of doesn't work for me. But again, the movie left themselves. There's no option for Ripley to fight once she has the queen in her. Yeah. Her fate is written that Ripley is going to die before us. But we've known it for so long in the movie. And it's kind of happening in this really fast, jumbled way. That Again, it, it's hard for me to put into words that Ripley was probably my favorite movie character. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, when I was a kid, it was like Ripley, Marty McFly, Jack Burton. Yeah. Right? Like, those are, like, some of my handful of, like, favorite characters that existed, period. Yeah. In watching Ripley just fall to her death and me thinking it was kind of a mercy killing rather than this heroic moment, it's still one of those things I kind of wish I could – I wish I could have enjoyed that moment more. Because it is Ripley being heroic, right? If she tries to get the, like, real life – she knows every human being is going to die. Right. So it is a heroic choice. But again, it's just like, again, the movie that misses by inches a thousand times and is a mile off the mark. They just don't give it the reverence. And hearing her audio recorder from the first one at the end, that doesn't make up for like missing the moment, like missing Sigourney Weaver selling the shit out of this moment to me. I don't know, man. It's, I'll tell you what. Just, I'll tell you what know. the realness is, and this is like for me because, like, I agree. Like, there is a version of this that Sigourney Weaver, like, really, like, this becomes a real metaphor for like motherhood, humanity, like the whole thing. The miss forced the, motherhood, yeah, yeah. The miss and the thing that really kind of like encapsulates everything wrong with this. Actually, this is how I'd put it. This movie ends with her last transmission from the Nostromo. Mm-hmm. And I have always thought that was stupid, but and like completely out of place. I'm like, are like, why are we doing this? Like, that's not what this movie is. Like, you get through an entire movie that's like almost the like like we were saying, like this child fighting against their parents. And then at the end, you have the kid quoting their dad, like, out of nowhere because, like, what? There's some honored respect that, like, it... That <laughs> is got like, a couple things, right? <laughs> that's, like, the microcosm of what's wrong with Alien. But also, that's, like, to, like that's what Alien 3, that's the problem with it is, like, why are you referencing something that, like, none of these people are, like, has nothing to do with, like, how this movie ends? Yeah. But it's... Well, I mean, it's hard because, yeah, because Alien it's the Resurrection... I like this was my least favorite of the Alien Four before like the Prometheus shit happened, and I thought just because Alien Resurrection people fucking hate almost I, yeah. exclusively, which is but there weird. is a there is a focus on kind of making it a more alien kind of adventure, yeah, and it has the weird styles again. We're getting a you know kind of a specific style director. Mm-hmm. We got a great cast again. There, I mean, there's some some warts for sure. Oh yeah. But I feel like that one just misses less often than this one. I think because this one visually is far superior. Yeah, the cast is fucking great. The xenomorph looks awesome when he's not in CG. Right. The setting and the location is fucking awesome. So it has all of these great fucking pieces. 
I think because way better pieces than resurrection. I think because resurrection tells you resurrection. This is resurrection tells you at the very top what kind of movie it's going to be. It's a fanfic cartoon. Yeah, (laughs) there's no. Alien 3 doesn't know what kind of movie it's going to be, so it can't tell you what kind of movie it's going to be at the very beginning. All we know is we're getting another Alien movie. And yeah, I think like, and like the first 30 minutes, it's just like, we're the Red Flag movie? Is that what we settled on? Yeah. Yet? Like, there's, like mm, <laughs> we're the Red Flag movie about, you know, the criminality of the human, yeah. the male psyche. Is that what we're doing? But like, some people see Red Flags and run towards them because you're like, this will be fun for a while. Right. So, you know, there I is think, a part of that. I think your analogy of like, yeah, it's it's a baby with no lungs. Like you're just like this is the sweetest and saddest thing I've ever seen. Like it's this it's this homage to these two like groundbreaking science fiction movies that just blew the doors off everything that doesn't quite live up to the expectations of its parents. I and mean, it would be impossible to imagine that they are going to do 3, 4, 5 movies as good as those first two. Yeah. Like I don't think I mean, I think it's impossible. I think it's fine to they ma- took a shot. I think it's, it's impossible to darker. imagine them doing two good movies like that were equal to each oh, other. For sure. Like, that is for an sure. anomaly in and of itself. I mean, as a, as a first two movies of a series, this has to be the best. I, I guess so. maybe, like, A New Hope and Empire stand up to it. Maybe. But, like, it's better than Back to the Future 1 and 2. I'm trying to think. Indiana Jones are kind of serialized. They're not really, like, one thing. Yeah, but those are really up there. sequels. Yeah. I'm like, even Terminator 1 and 2, Alien is so much better than Terminator. Right. I think... And Aliens and Terminator 2 are both, like, awesome James Cameron joints. Like, I don't really know what's a better one, too. Like, it's in the Pantheon. There are, there are some that are for close. Sure. So, for 3 to come in and do what it does is not... It does some cool things. It takes some risks. Yeah. That, I think that's what I settle all- on, is, like, the nice epitaph. is like, it really tried to be its own thing. Yeah. And not be afraid of the legacy of the first two movies. I just, applaud that, right? I, I, I applaud that. It just doesn't work for me. That's it all. just didn't get there. Yeah. yeah. It just it doesn't work more than it does. But when it's good, it's real when good. it's good, there's some really good shit in there. Apparently no one hates this movie more than David Fincher. So, you know. Yeah, when you're like in the trenches, I get it. Yeah. You know, like that's what happens, man. You do a big fucking movie, you get a big amount of fucking people trying to get their hands in. That's it. It is something we as audience members do not appreciate enough is the miracle of movies surviving the process of studio movies and actually being amazing classics. Yeah. I think, again, this is why I think this we is do wh- not appreciate that enough as i think in hindsight that's the harder part about watching it because you know it's a fincher joint and he almost routinely can like stave off the onslaught of executives who want to fuck with his shit it's hard to watch because you have to wonder too what would have happened if people were like fincher's probably got it why don't we just like move on well also man i know this movie is not everyone's jam but if you want to compare first directorial debuts there's a lot of well-loved directors that would not have done a better job on this movie. Like a lot. A of, lot. Well, there's a lot of well-loved directors who would not have been able to make the transition into studio. Yeah. The, Think like, about all the directors who got to make these small movies that were really their own thing and kind of make a statement. This is the directorial debut, and it's a big fucking monster to wrestle. Yeah. So I think the fact that he got it done, you're like, this guy can do it. This guy can work. Uh so, yeah that's it again i actually don't hate this movie as much if i was at a bar and someone was really eviscerating this movie i would be the one on the other end of the table trying to like throw some defense out there right so if you like alien 3 man i am happy as hell for you uh that's it for alien 3 that's it for our our return to the alien franchise i will adjust the the podcast feed so Resurrection pops up uh, right around this time, so you can listen to that. If you didn't catch that, and we did that a long time ago. I don't remember why the fuck we did that, but that was the first one alien movie we did. So uh, I'll put that on the feed so you guys can find that. Guys, we're here to announce next month's special podcast event, Damn Dirty April, an event that I'm sure we're not the first people to do <laughs> as a theme, brought up <laughs> by our dear friend, comic book artist, wonderful artist, uh, Jay Rollins. Wonderful artist, wonderful guy who we really enjoy spending time with. 
He joins us next month to talk about every single movie in the Planet of the Apes franchise. And if you want to hear Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Mocky Mock Talk to Apes, you got to go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, some of those will be Patreon exclusives over there. It's the absolute best way to help us grow the show, guys, is by showing a little support over there. It means the world to us uh, that we have listeners who do help us out. If you can, thank you. If you can financially, we get that too, man. There are other ways you can help the show. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Message your friends, right? Share the social media posts. Send a, an episode to a friend who you know likes movies or even just one movie that we've talked about. Help us reach more audience members that we cannot treat like crud. We're not the corporation. We're, We're not. not. We're trying. We're definitely not hard. the prisoners. We're definitely not Charles Band. I'm trying to think of who we want to be in it. We're Bishop with his head intact. We're good. We're good and earnest podcasters. Podcasters. <laughs> uh, the YouTube Film Alchemist, the email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Reach out and talk to us. Uh, thank you guys for doing Alien with us. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. Uh, so thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We love you. Bye!